Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into Start right, good line, good view. It drew, shoot him, make Gavin. Two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. I punch and keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a check man. I think a ball speed rate of that bass man. And where that ball. Right. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. Cool episode this week. We have Bob Winskowitz from Squares Golf. Did I get that right, Bob? Good. Great job. Perfect. All right. Not too bad. We got Bryce here. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great tonight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you. We have a, we were just kind of chatting off camera here. So before we get started, we have a very Canadian accent. We've got a very American accent, and then Bryce is our hybrid who uh, grew up in Canada, now lives in the states. So he will be our translator if we get uh, if we get mixed up here. But um, Bob, maybe we can just hop right into it. You can tell us a little bit about the brand, the Squares brand. It is a very unique shoe so anybody watching over on youtube or if you're listening head over i've got one in my hands here so you can see we'll put it up here you can kind of see the toe there but uh definitely head over and check it check them out because they are pretty cool uh maybe you can just tell us about the brand how it got started um and kind of where you guys have come to now sure um back in uh 2010 I was on the practice range with a good friend of mine. I had just come from work and I was wearing a pair of square toe dress shoes. And uh, I always was challenged with my setup and balance and stability. And uh, so he was hitting balls. I was talking to him. I decided to pick up like a nine iron and get in the bay next to him. And I started hitting balls. And, and I noticed I was striping them. I was hitting them really crisp and straight down the middle, which is unusual to me. And, uh, and, and I sat there and I said, geez, and maybe it's just because I'm wearing the shoes, I'm not going after it, you know, like I usually do, or maybe I'm just more balanced and stable. And so I left there and it just kind of dominated my thoughts. So I started doing a lot of research. And as I went through the research, uh, more and more things came to life. And really, that's the genesis of it. But it was, um, I like to tell people all the time is that when, I, when, when the design happened, it was a result of the science. And I think back to the days of Ely Calloway and Karsten Solheim, you know, when, when they launched uh, the Ping Iron back in the day, I mean, people look at that, look at, looked at that and said, what the hell is that? You know, that Ping Zeng Iron. But see, they were after, Ely was after, and Karsten Solheim was after perimeter weighting. And so in their mind, there was no you know, look of what perimeter weighting was until they got done and that iron was made and, and the big Bertha was made. You know, that's what the science dictated at the time. So when I started this, um, surely the thought in my head was about the square toe on the driving range. But but then the science, as I started looking to really dictated, you know, how it was going to look and and really the the added benefits that we've deployed into the shoe so so really that's how it all began right on so there there's obviously a lot of science we wanted to talk about that but one of the things that quickly came into my mind and and um i can all when bryce and i were kind of chatting before we hopped on we we wanted to discuss that but i keep thinking the idea of 
the way I'm picturing my golf swing and the way I kind of roll over on my toe. And I don't roll over as much as some other people, but is that where you came up with the benefit of it to just like stabilize and kind of block the swing? Like you swing through, you finish your swing and that kind of ends it rather than the rollover. Is that kind of the idea? You know, there's some truth in that, but that's not the preeminent thought here is that what happened was as we're looking into the design of the shoe, certainly at the time I was going to launch something that really broke the mold in golf shoes. And it was quite interesting. As I started doing the research, I went back as far as the 1800 when golf shoes were invented. And then in 1890, in my opinion, the only thing that put into golf shoes in the last 20, uh, 40, 50 years that was worth anything was spikes was put into the shoes in the 1890s. So I watched what happened in club design. And in club design, I think you guys might agree with me, club design has really innovated themselves to the point where USGA is regulating them and they pretty much commoditized the business because of innovation. Golf yeah. shoes have lagged so far behind. I mean, I challenge people all the time to talk about technology and innovation in golf shoes in the same breath that people do with golf clubs and they're struggling to come up with something. So really what happens is, and for those people who are watching versus those people who are out there, I can start with number one, which is if I was to ask you to hold your hand straight out and move your hand up and down, you can do it nice and easily. But if you squeeze your fingers together and then you try to move it up, you feel the stress on your wrist. So in the golf swing, the heels of the accelerators, the toes of the brakes, and, uh, and the heels of the propulsion system. So you can't put tension on on your on on your uh, on your, on your uh, ankle because if you put tension on the ankle, it resonates all the way up through the body. So with our shoe, your toes can sit naturally in the shoe. Now that in of itself provides you the opportunity for definitively, scientifically better balance and better stability. So if we can start with a square toe shoe, then we can do something that the industry has been after for a long time, which is there's a direct relationship between balance and stability with the width of a golf shoe. So, but if you think about it, and you had, if you had a rounded toe shoe and you expanded this, it looked like a clown shoe. I mean, nobody would want to buy it. But because we can start with a square toe, it looks symmetrical going back. So now we widen the base under the ball of the foot by four millimeters wider than any other golf shoe. Now, why is that important? Number one, it provides much better balance and stability. And if you don't have balance and stability, it technically results into some kind of energy loss that is directed down, that it goes down into the ground back up through, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the other thing is that if we can expand the width of the ball of the foot, when you look at the total surface area coverage of the bottom of the shoe, it's a lot greater than any other shoe. Now, why that's important, that is ground force 101. So that means that the more connection you have with the ground and the more surface area you have and the better balance and stability you have, the better the energy transfer from the ground. So I ask people all the time, does, can a golf club create swing speed? No. Can a golf ball create swing speed? No. They're the recipients of swing speed. If you think about it, during the swing, your hands are going about 18 to 19 miles an hour, and the club is going at 115 miles an hour. Well, how is that? So if you think about it, what happens is it's called ground reaction force. So ground reaction force is body weight, mass, 
and the ground all working against each other. So what happens is you create this energy. And if you watch the tour players as they're hitting the ball, they kind of squat a little. But when they hit the ball, when it's at that point of connection, they're up on their toes. Well, what's happening is they're throwing so much weight and so much energy and pressure into the ground that it's forcing them back up. That's where distance comes from. That's what creates swing speed. So I ask people all the time, and you probably hear it in my voice, I get all worked up, is because the golf shoe has never been really considered a piece of equipment. You know, when you look at these websites, it's kind of relegated to accessories. And I say there is no more important piece of equipment than your golf shoe. So the other thing I, I, I tell people, too, is that that when, where the energy comes from, it's created by you. You throw it into the ground, it comes up through your body, into your hands, down the club, and into the ball. So they're merely recipients. And I say it's like the lightning rod and the lightning. You create the lightning, it goes down the club, into the ball. So I challenge people, if you don't really buy into this, sit on a chair, a swivel chair, pick up your feet, and try to hit a golf ball. You know, it's, uh, it'd be like floating in space and try to punch somebody or you're submerged in water. You can't, you can't do it. And the reason is you need that ground connection to facilitate the golf swing. And yeah. again, when you think about balance and stability, that all works into it too because that's sway in the golf swing and that ultimately means distance and accuracy. Yeah, a couple yeah. of things. Sorry, Bryce. A couple of things that come to mind is uh, like the hand speed. I'll let Bryce speak to it because 18 now, 18 and 19 miles per hour, that might be my hand speed, but Bryce's hand speed is like twice as fast as that. So we did want to ask you about the comparisons, but I, I just thought about like the standard laws of physics. And like, I used to be into uh, weightlifting and powerlifting and the more you can drive your feet into the ground, typically with almost any weightlifting process, which is kind of like generating the power to hit the golf ball you're able to propel the weight upwards as well, right? So good thought. Um, sorry, Bryce, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, my just my point is a little more of the science side um, on the note of pushing the ground and getting that uh, penetration. Do you do anything special with the spikes and put them in certain spots to kind of go along with that? Or what's kind of give me your thought process on that? Great question. And, and, and yes, the answer is yes. So when, when we looked at... Um, so I mentioned earlier to you folks, I mentioned that Terry Hashimoto, who's a co-founder of Body Track, was instrumental in all the testing. So he taught, tested, I think it was uh, about the top 23, 24 best shoes out there against squares. And one of the things we, we realized is during the swing, mostly at a neutral position, at a neutral position, that we found that a lot of the shoes forced the weight up on this portion of the foot which is a no-no. You cannot be on your toes. In fact, you want the weight from to be in the middle of the ball of your foot back to here. That's where the golf swing happens. Now, what we're seeing is most of them force them up here. Squares is right down here. But if you notice, to your point specifically, Bryce, if you notice on the bottom of our shoes, there's four red cleats. Uh -huh. These are the greatest amount. This is the centralized pressure point areas. So we took, when we looked on the bottom of the feet, where the greatest amount of pressure was exerted, and then we placed the cleats there. So those four red cleats are exactly what you just mentioned. So it is important. In fact, there's a study out there, it's called the Pinehurst Study. And it was performed by Pride Sports, which is Champs and, and Soft Spikes. And they did, um, they, 
they tested independently tested golfers, low handicap golfers and high handicap golfers uh, on drivers irons uh, downhill side hill eyes, and, and and it was proven out that on average people were picking up six yards of distance from a shoe that had spikes versus a shoe that didn't have spikes. Now, when I say spikes, I mean cleats. So a spikeless or cleatless shoe, they were giving up six yards on a side hill or a downhill lie up to 10 yards. So I, people always ask me, you're going to come out with a spikeless version. Not in my lifetime because I don't believe it. I believe that, and again, our director of design, he spent 12 years at FootJoy as their director of design. Prior to that, he worked for Reebok and other cleated sports. He spent his whole career in cleated sports business. And he's designed everything from soccer shoes to baseball, football, to golf shoes. And the science is there, guys. The science of this ground connection. One, one interesting little tidbit, if you do a little research um, on Ben Hogan, uh, Ben Hogan had an extra cleat put on the bottom of his right foot, on the ball of his foot. And he had the Maxwell Shoe Company do this. And the reason he did it, because it was his foot on his trail side, his right foot was where he loaded up. That was his trail foot. Now, a common element of everybody who can hit the ball farther, or a long way rather, is their ability to get pressure quickly from the trail side to the lead side. So as you're taking a club back, you know, you want to start forward as quick as possible and get that pressure from the right side to the lead side, and therefore you can break. So when you break over to the right side, you get it to the, going to the left, you break again, and that's where the club head speed comes in. And by the way, Mac, when I say 18 miles an hour, I say that for us uh, hackers out there and, uh, you know, People like uh, Bryce would probably double that. Yeah, I, I hit the ball. I hit the ball a long way off the tee, but I'm 225 pounds, so I get you know a little bit more body mass than Bryce. Bryce weighs probably 175. He's six foot four, and I can hit the ball as long as I wanted. Bryce is still going to outdrive me by 30 yards, um, which is amazing. So that's why I kind of mentioned about the hands and stuff. So we did. You know, we can we can actually chat about that while we're on the topic and then go back to one of the other things that Bryce and I were talking about. So we, we're talking about our different body types. So he's very much like an ectomorph. I'm a mesomorph. Um, I'm shorter, stockier. I have a slower swing speed, but I still generate a lot of mass. And like Bryce and I recently have golfed together. And what he was saying was I drive my feet directly into the ground and, and activate the calves, you know, just like Phil. But uh, he is very much he has a much more upright swing than I do. He has a higher ball flight, a much higher ball flight. So when you're talking to different players like Bryce and I, what would be um, like a recommendation? Like how would the shoe fit myself versus somebody like Bryce? Yeah. It, it, see, it's, it's what I would call universal in a sense that we all have different needs. And one of the keys to, to the game of golf and the swing is eliminating inefficiencies. Because there are so many things you need to get right in order to hit the ball the wrong way and to hit it accurate. You know, when we test, we tested for pretty much everything, you know, neutral position balance, where the weight distribution was, uh, up at the top at strike point. We did things about the trace line of sway, 
we, we looked at how fast the pressure was moving from the right to the left. And there could be a lot of differences between your swing and his, in a sense. He could get it from the right to the left if he's a righty. He could get that pressure there quicker. And if he can do that, he's automatically going to generate a lot more speed. Right. Um, he could have better balance, better stability. It could be, it could be the fact that um, you know he's exerting more pressure onto the ground. I mean, there are people out there that can do up to I think it's one and a half to one and a half their body weight. So it's like somebody like a Rory, as he sits down, that's what mm-hmm. he's throwing into the swing. You and I could be more of that golfer that doesn't really have that type of move, you know? Yeah. But again, there's so many things. When people ask me, what is the, the key of golf? What is the secret? And, you know, I think everybody's still hunting that down. But I will tell you this, that at the end of the day, through all the science I've been part of and seen, is deductive reasoning tells me that, that balance and stability is paramount in the golf swing. Because if you don't have that, the rest of it is guesswork. You'll never have the consistency. So a lot of these golf, and I, your whole career, my career in playing the game of golf is people start talking about, well, the game is built from the ground up. And they tell you that is because your feet, your balance, your stability resonates through everything you do. Hence the importance of a golf shoe. You know, I like to, uh, I, I get annoyed by companies who go out there and launch sneaker-like top golf shoes. There's a company out there right now that's pushing a golf shoe where they twist it and then it bounces around and they can fold it upwards and take it from the heel and the toe and fold it upwards and touch it and, and they twist it. And there's a saying in golf footwear design, if you could take a golf shoe and hold it by the toe and hold it by the heel and twist it, Toss it. Get rid of it. It's not doing you any favors. Now, one of the things that we saw consistently with those lightweight sneaker-like shoes is something called inversion. So what inversion is, is if you look at those type of shoes, there's so much play in that knit-like, sneaker-like material that your foot is actually moving in the shoe and moving to the right. And it's moving to the point where it's getting stuck. Now, supernation is moving completely like this, but inversion is moving to the outside. And in the studies we've seen and the research on this is, is stunning. That when you hear people saying, well, I never get off my right side. Well, it's because your foot is literally moving in the shoe. So you need an upper material. And that's why this material on our shoe, and if you look at it, you can't twist the shoe. Now, it's, no, it's not so rigid that it's, it's not comfortable. But, I mean, you try to twist that shoe, you're going to feel it fighting back. Yeah. That's what you need in the golf swing. You need a good, stable base. And, and again, I warn people, I tell them all the time, if you can hold it by the toe and the heel and you can twist it, toss it. Well, it's the thought that I have. Sorry again, Bryce. But the thought that I have, Bryce and I actually both play uh, the same type of driver. So on the driver itself has the twist face which promotes stability like it's literally put in the club to promote stability in your shot to so you don't miss hit so you don't like spray and it creates a better dispersion right so one of the things when i was kind of looking up was uh the research on them i was looking up my golf on my golf spy there was a good article on there and part of it was uh how it had the like the dispersion of it right so 
how the shoe itself promotes the dispersion. So that was one of the things while well, you say twisting and stuff like that, I thought to myself, like the tailor made, I think M five series and upwards, they have the twist face, which helps the ball kind of stay, stay more stable. Sorry, Bryce, go ahead. No, my thing was just, I was wondering uh, what materials you used in the shoe. Is it like a nice genuine leather or is no. it a, no, it's a synthetic, and this okay. is this material is the same shoe that eighty percent of eighty percent of all uh, soccer shoes today worn is is made out of. And again, okay. because it provides the versatility. You know, the other thing is durability in a leather breathability. I mean, if you have a full leather, the breathability of it's not so great, and it's in the durability. You wear that shoe three times, you're going to see creasing all through it. Yeah, it's going to take a while for that to happen. But I want to go back to something that, uh, Matt, you were talking about. My background, uh, I worked for McGregor Golf for a number of years, and I was the senior VP of sales and marketing for Arnold Palmer. I ran Arnold's Golf Company for uh, about three and a half years. And at the time, we were doing a lot of interesting research on golf clubs. And I, I, I've watched them evolve over the years, and I think golf club manufacturers have done a great job uh, but like I said, I think they've innovated themselves into uh, a commodity as it relates to the USGA. But the one area they've done a great job in is that off-center hits. Uh, that's the technology of today is, is providing you, you know, I see a lot of guys go out and say, I just bought the new Callaway, the new TaylorMade, I'm hitting the ball farther. Well, I would, you know, if they change the shaft out, you know, because we all know the shaft is the engine of the club, but... If they had some chat to get fitted for it, that's going to make some make some improvements. Of course. But most of it is if you take a you know an older driver and you upgrade to a new one, off-center hits have improved significantly. So I think the club manufacturer has done a great job on that. I think the new Callaway driver has done a good job with that with the internal ribbing and um you know so so anyway it's interesting you bring that up, but but I couldn't agree more that um, the off-center hits have been improved. But again, with a golf shoe, flexibility in a golf shoe, when, when I say twisted, is is not a good thing. Right. Now, the other thing, too, that I, 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 I tell people all the time, if I were to make, if you look at some of those other shoes out there, and they have a very thick uh, midsole. midsole, and you see that it's tapered down, it's really putting you up high. But when you look at that, a lot of people say, well, that's going to be comfortable. Now, then, then you probe them. You say, well, it's going to be a lot of cushioning. What does cushioning mean? Cushioning means energy absorption, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a material that's that thick and you're throwing energy into the ground, it's being diminished somewhat. And then as it comes back up, it's being eaten up again. So we did some testing on that. And I'm telling you, we were seeing about a 1.9 mile an hour loss in swing speed. All all of this data, I'm happy to share that with you. We've got extensive reports on this, and you guys seem to be very science-oriented. I'd love to share it with you because it's really some good stuff. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Even the cushion could even cause a little bit of unbalance. Um, Swings, if if they're starting and they're cushioning in, it might throw them off balance a bit. Maybe people with higher handicaps that don't have the greatest balance already, like, I mean – Having that little uh, extra space there, cushion, it might uh, might throw them off balance a little more than it would. Well, it's it. pliable. So what happens is it it really moves around. So it it allows you to have that flexibility there that you really don't want because the last place you want it is in your heel. 
Because as I said, your heels are the accelerant. When you take that weight back, you want to be on the inside of your trail foot. And the other funny thing, too, is I tell people all the time, I say, uh, tell me. Uh, well, I tell people, I go, you know, your feet facilitate hip rotation and shoulder rotation. They go, what? Are you? There's no way. And, and, and I, I say, listen, I could do a little drill with you. I can have you stand up if you're a right-handed golfer, place all the weight you possibly can on your right big toe, and then try to turn your hip back. You'll find it very difficult. Then place all the weight on the inside of your right heel, and then try it. And you can do it beautifully, nicely. You can move it back. So your feet, like I said, your feet have been so overlooked in the golf swing, in the golf shoe, and, and, and it really does facilitate the key fundamentals of the swing. I was just taking a second there to look at the uh, spike placing, and it makes sense what you're saying right now. So if you look at the bottom of the sole, I'll throw up a photo on YouTube. It shows the different spike placings, and that'll give you even more traction with that. So we talked about how like it's promoting more distance, and I had a look at a couple of the athletes that are uh, involved with Squares Golf. So two of them being two of the longer players on the planet, uh, with Justin James, 2017 long drive champ, uh, world long drive champion, and then... Probably my third favorite golfer of all time, John Daly. So absolutely love John Daly. I'm a Canadian, as you know, as everybody can hear, if anybody's in the States listening to this about house, like I am definitely Canadian. <laughs> so, um, you know, I got Tiger Woods and Mike Weir, but John Daly is right there for me. I absolutely love John Daly. So as soon as I saw him wearing them, I kind of thought, you know what, this is, uh, this is the guy. Like I remember him crushing balls over Niagara Falls and stuff, right? So can you talk about, um, some of the athletes, I know Nick uh, Faldo's involved and Sepp Straka, who is leading, uh, who is leading the Olympics after 18 holes. So um, quite a few top end talent, um, top players in the world. Can you kind of chat about how you got connected with them? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start with Faldo. Um, and if you take Daly and Faldo, it's like you're kind of at the two ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, personality wise. And uh, but Faldo is an interesting story. Um, that I've told a few times. So I, I was, uh, one day I get a phone call from, uh, from this guy and he says, Hey, look, I'd like to, uh, I'd like you to send Nick Faldo a couple of pairs of shoes. And I thought it was a couple of my friends breaking my chops. And, uh, so it was his agent and he said, Hey, I'd like you to send a couple of pairs of shoes. And we did. And about a month later, I got a zoom call and he tells me what happened. He said, well, I have my show, which is Faldo formula, which is on CBS Sportsnet." And uh, it's mind, body, and swing. And he said, I was doing this exercising like a crane, one foot behind me, one front, you know, trying to balance. And he couldn't do it. He was in his bare feet. And he said, I just have bad ankles. And he said, so I put on a pair of tennis shoes, and I found myself to be able to balance better. He said, so I just decided to Google, you know, stable, balanced golf shoes. And thank God for search engine optimization because exactly. uh, up comes squares. And he says, uh, you know, calls his agent, tells him to, to get a couple pairs. So anyway, I get a, get him a couple of pairs. He calls me a month later. I mean, we get on a Zoom call a month later. And he's sitting there, you know, and he's got this look on him, like almost like a stern face. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm take, a bit taken back. And so he says, tell me the story. I laid it out for him. He goes, Bob, I got to tell you what. This is the best golf shoes I've ever worn in my entire life. Now, coming for somebody like him, who was just a tactician, he's very, you know, I mean, he was the guy that a lot of the tour players 
didn't like back in his day because he didn't want to chit-chat on the range. He was the guy that was hitting balls to all hours of the night. So he comes and he said, look at the best. How do I get involved? And, and that was it. Now, with John Daly, uh, John is, I got to tell you guys, you won't meet a better person in your entire lifetime. No doubt. He is one of the most kind, empathetic people you'll ever meet. I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with Arnold Palmer. Uh, I used to see him every three months at a board meeting. Um, and I, uh, I look, I, I won't exaggerate. I mean, I did get to know him. Um, I had one of the best moments in my life when we we're at the Augusta one day, uh, one tournament, and I'm standing on the 10th tee box, and he walks up, and he was playing at the time, and walks up, and he says, Bob, how you doing? Everybody around there is looking at me. I'm going to put my shoulders back, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. You yeah, know? yeah, that's anyway, me. Uh, but but John John is um, John is the type of guy when you're talking to him, you got his undivided attention. He's not looking for fame. He's not looking for and he, he'll talk to you. He called me the other night, just out of the book, calls me the other night. He goes, brother, I love those slides you just came out, but I need a couple more pairs because that's all he wears. He wears the sandals. And, uh, but, but he is a genuinely good guy. And I met him through his, his charity. I was looking at that shoe that you're holding. I was looking to partner up with a group that supported veterans. And uh, I had heard through mutual friends about, Major Ed and uh, John Daly and their Heart of the Lion charity. And uh, so I, I made a call and we got together and sent John some shoes and he uh, he loves it. I'm going to shoot a low. Go ahead and count out the birdies so far. It's three in a row. 224 to the hole. No hybrid behind. I pull as a vote. They say that you drive for the show. They say that you puff for the dough. Yeah, I was playing with John Daly, and I've always been, you know, a guy who could hit the ball a long way. And, you know, John has always been one of my heroes growing up because, you know, he was the one who invented the long ball, in my opinion. He was a grip it and rip it guy. So, yep. you know, he was Bryson back then without all the science degrees, you know. And uh, so it was interesting. I'm, I'm playing with him, and I get up there, and I tag one. Now, my reputation was I always – all postage, no zip code. So, uh, you know, it would go a long way, but where it goes, who knows? Well, I, I pound one out there. He hits one. It had to be 30 yards beyond me. I, I, I mean, when I tell you this guy still got it in terms of, uh, not to say I'm the measuring stick, but I'll tell you this, that it was a long way for somebody his age. 55 now i think it's double nickels yeah yeah one of my uh favorite videos of john daly is he's in a golf cart he's got like a case of miller light in the front of it or whatever he's got no shirt on he gets out and grabs his club and he adjusts his sleeve but he's got no shirt on <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it's just classic john daly so i like i'm a big fan of him always have been uh like i remember when i was a kid he had like the dunlop line i think it was and stuff so i've hit some of them but um how so how does the connection work with like when you're when you're setting things up with like pro players and they're you're you're having a discussion with them do they contact you and then is it you know you had mentioned about contracts and stuff like that but i'm more interested in do you kind of i guess the best way to put it put it is do you fit them into a shoe no no okay. uh we don't custom fit them uh so what we do is like with Sepp Straka, uh, a lot of you listeners probably know him 
recently at the Olympics, leading the first day. Last day, had to make that putt to get into the, what, uh, I forget how many people play off. But uh, anyway, we don't custom fit uh, anybody. We just make the shoes and they try them on. So I'll give you the process like with SEP is that through mutual friends out there and people on the tour, um, somebody said, look, um, Sepp Straka doesn't have a shoe deal. Would you like to, you know, to chat? And so we get on the phone with his agent and we started talking and we, he said, look, it's, you know, obviously you're going to send him shoes, let him play them. So we did. And so last was it last year, I believe it was, at the 3M, we didn't even know we put him in play that Sunday. We sent him to him. He wore him that tournament, and he didn't get TV coverage until the last day he goes out and has a low round of the day and shoots 63. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that um, round. So Faldo was broadcasting, and I think chips, chips it in on 18 to shoot 63, and Faldo says... And it squarely hits the pin. And, uh, you know, so Perfect. that was it. After that, you know, we were, he loved him. We liked him. And, and, and he's a, like I said, he's a great guy and, and he's got a lot of talent. And I think he's, uh, I think he's destined to win, uh, some, a lot of events. I really do. He's just got the game. He's just got to put all the consecutive rounds together, which as you guys know, that's the challenge on the door. You can go out and shoot 63 in the bookends, but you've got to have two good rounds in between. Yep. For me, I find uh, just putting together one full round is, is uh, <laughs> like, I can, I can, hey, I've gone low a couple times, never shot a 63, but uh, putting together a full round without any, you know, I don't know, there's some blunders that happen and, and I'm a pretty analytical guy. So I think I overthink the game a little bit too much. Um I remember the shots that I played really well, whereas, you know, when Bryce and I play, he's kind of like a, he's like a grip and rip it. Um, and I know you put your hand up there, Bryce, but now that you have that new Acura shaft, uh, Cameron Champ just won with it. So, or well, Cameron Champ played it. He didn't play it to win, but uh, Bryce hits the ball a long way. So we might have to get him into some of these shoes, but I know when... When Bryce and I were chatting, he uh, like he had was kind of asking me a little bit about the product line and stuff. So um, we were both kind of curious about it. Could you let us know kind of what's in the line, Bob? Sure. So uh, you know we've got the new speed shoe that was designed about uh, probably about nine months after the first one we launched, and we started working on a new design. You know, as always with footwear, you're looking at the feedback from people when you launch it. And so we heard a lot of feedback. We, we really beefed up the, uh, the collar um, on the shoe. The tongue, we made a little longer. People were complaining it was a little short. Uh, but other than that, we really didn't touch anything to do with the midsole, outsole, or the upper material. But, uh, but we've got the new speed line. We're very proud. We just launched the new ladies line. And that's a, that's a special product. And why I say that is because historically in the game of golf, what they do with a ladies line, they, they call it shrink and pink. So they take a men's last or a men's shoe and they just keep shrinking it smaller and smaller, giving no credibility to the anatomical differences between men and women's feet. So a woman's foot is far different than a man's foot. It's just not a smaller version of ours. They usually get a wider base under the ball and a shorter arch. And there's, couple other things but so you've got to really design a shoe and a last for women and we did that and and you know you also have to keep it a little, a little more slender 
simply because, you know, the women out there want to see something a little more slender here. So we did a lot of work in that. It took us a couple of years to come out with it. We're really proud of that. So we're launching, that launched uh, back in the end of April. So we've got that. Uh, we just launched, um, we just finished with the open shoe. We did a special uh, edition for Sir Nick Faldo and the open as we did with the Masters. Uh, the other one that I'm really proud of is the, the one that uh, we're launching in, in, in partnership with American Cancer Society. It's an all pink shoe. And uh, with, a, with the, with the uh, breast cancer awareness uh, ribbon on the side of it. And I think uh, probably all of us on this call, anybody listen, has got somebody in their life that has had cancer. Uh, and a lot of people have had breast cancer. So, I mean, it does affect men and women. So I was invited down to American Cancer Society event back in February of this year because we did a couple of things with their tournaments, made some donation. So I was invited down. And a gentleman got up and spoke about their Real Men Wear Pink uh, initiative. And that's to bring awareness, really, to, to breast cancer and to cancer in general. And it really hit me because I lost a brother to cancer. And plus, you know, I have a lot of friends out there we know that uh, – their wives have had breast cancer. So it kind of clicked with me. And I said, you know, I'm going to do a men's shoe and a lady's shoe. We went to American Cancer Society and said, look, uh, you know, this is what we'd like to do. Would you like to partner up with us? And they did. And so uh, we're pre pre-ordering that now. It's going to ship at the end of September and ready for October, which is Breast Cancer Month. And then next year, we're launching some new shoes. We're really excited about the uh, an upscale men's and ladies line, more of a country club look to it, uh, traditional in a sense. Uh, we have a little fun with the line because this model is the more athletic-looking shoe. Um, and so we're, we've had a lot of requests for a more classic type of uh, – it's still going to have the, uh, the cornerstone, which is the uh, square toe, but it's going to have some really cool looks and – country club look to a little upscale type of design. Bryce. Yeah, I can, uh, I can really appreciate the breast cancer uh, or the cancer uh, too because, I mean, Heather, my grandma, she just she went through it and is going through it again now. So I think that's amazing, you guys. And you'll touch way more people than you can even think because that's such, like you said, everyone's affected by it in some way. So I just really appreciate that, how you guys are getting into that. I think that's great. Thank you. You know, we hear stories all the time. And uh, so, you know, for the record, $30 of every pair goes to the American Cancer Society. And I tell people, I say, you know what? Yes, we make money off of it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, our goal is to have the golf industry rally around this. People like you, uh, when I say the industry, the bloggers, the influencers, people with podcasts. And, you know, we're going to send a pair out to, uh, to, to you and Mac. Uh, we're going to seed it out there. So people can wear them, show it, talk about it. And like I said, it brings awareness and, uh, you know, we're excited about it. That's awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you sharing that, Bryce, because when I was 16 years old, so pretty impressionable time in my life, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So luckily she is, uh, I'm not going to say her age now, but uh, I'll I'll say I'm 34 now and she is very healthy and doing well. So um, without all of these different initiatives that would happen. Like we were able to go to Sunnybrook. So we're in, we're in Toronto here. So um, we were able to go to Sunnybrook and all of these different initiatives help immensely to create so many avenues that people can just, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy, crazy thing. And there's so many different things like just, it's, it's hard to talk about on a golf podcast. Right. But yeah, but you know, it, 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 
it's the beauty of what we do in this industry. I mean, when you think about all the charity golf tournaments that happen out there, I mean, yeah. I get so many requests to donate shoes. So that shoe that you were holding that's signed by John Daly, I did the open shoe that was signed by Sir Nick Faldo. I was at a charity for homeless, and it went for $7,500. Wow. So, I mean, you know, the golf industry does a lot of great things. And it, it, it really takes people like yourself to get the word out. You know, so, uh, so look, we all do our part, you know, uh, keeps everybody healthy and, you know, brings awareness to this. Because when, when it comes to breast cancer, uh, you know, it's it's the education that is paramount because if women go out and have a consistently, do mammograms consistently, they usually can catch it in time and they can treat it. But it's that education that has to happen. So it's education, uh, treatment, and cure. That's what we're after. So uh, that's that's the key to this. That's awesome. I appreciate what you guys are doing, Bob. And I uh, I don't want to just move on to the next topic, but I was thinking Bryce has got a wedding coming up next year. So those uh, the, that new line that's a little bit more of a country club. That's where he's having his. So we might go right from the Ooh, golf course. Wait a right. I, to- I got an idea for you. I can make a special pair for you. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> promise to wear them. I'll make them. Have some oh, of this. Have some of the spikes on the uh, on the dance floor. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, Bob, um, we just want to know uh, so you can put it out there where we can, where people can reach you. Maybe Instagram or uh, website and all that jazz. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, squares, and it's S Q A I R Z squares, and uh, yeah, our website. If um, uh, you, you know, you guys are very into the science. If you go onto our performance page. All the videos are there. All the information is there of all the studies that were done and the comparisons about how people picked up swing speed, distance, they improved their balance, stability, all of this. It's done independently, and uh, I think people are really impressed with what a golf shoe can offer. I love it. I got into a rabbit hole this afternoon uh, checking that stuff out after work. So um, definitely go check it out. So is it uh, just squares.com, squaresgolf.com? Yes. Squares, squares.com. S-Q-A-I-R-Z. So what I'll, what I'll do is when I post the episode, I'll link uh, the direct website so anybody who wants to go check them out because the major edition shoes, you got to go check out. Even if you just want to have a look at them, they are amazing. Like the Augusta ones, the Open Championship ones. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see how to spell squares right above Bob's head. The uh, logo's there. Um, and go check them out. Obviously, you guys are doing a lot of great things, connecting uh touching so many hearts and so many people so you know do what you can if you uh if you can afford to get a new pair of golf shoes definitely check them out and uh let's kind of let's grow it together right so thanks everybody um if you're not already follow us on ots golf at ots golf uh on the screws podcast on youtube and you can listen to this wherever you listen to podcasts thank you bob we really appreciate you having on this was uh this was amazing it was my pleasure guys thank you He's out in my ball and of course when I tee up I lose a ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an albatross Worst case scenario, birdie